0: And I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone. Wait gone. Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive. Truly. Uh, we are in the dead zone officially. We're in that weird in the middle. What's going on? Who am I? Period of the year in between summer and winter sport uh, welcome, welcome to hell, gentlemen, okay, it's freaking, it's up, it's up to you from here, there's no just, what, you know, what am I doing with my day, oh, here's four hours of tennis to freaking fill up what, what would otherwise be a pretty embarrassing Saturday, okay, there's none of that anymore, so it's, it's an interesting time to be alive, find yourself watching reruns of Frasier on a fucking Wednesday night, you know, It's uncomfortable, but we had the tennis, the big bash, it all finished, it all finished so quickly, here, then it was gone, did we appreciate it as much as we should have? I think I did, to be honest, the big bash goes too long, I think it's still going, you know what I mean? I think that was just part one of the season, we get to see the Hobart Hurricanes versus the Melbourne Stars for the 75th time tomorrow night. So, you know, the Big Bash had to end. The tennis, that was, it couldn't have gone better. The tennis could not have gone better. Firstly, I'd like to give a shout out to to the lads, uh, the boys, the men, the, the the doubles team we all know and love. I'm not talking about Kyrios and Kokanakis. I'm talking about the two gentlemen who had to play against them as fully fledged Australians and have the whole country wanting you to lose. What about that? You know, like any casual tennis fan worth my salt, I do not know the names of these gentlemen. I think one of them was, I wanna say Pattinson. Uh, uh, Something with a P, absolutely something with a P. And I I don't disregard their names out of disrespect. I have a lot of respect for the doubles tournament they put together. But to turn up, imagine if you said to these blokes, Listen here, you know, we got freaking Pattinson and Wills or whatever. Lads, you're Australian. You're going all the way to the Australian Open doubles finals. And when you get there, the whole nation is going to want you to lose. What sort of freaking multiverse of madness is this shit is probably what Pattinson would have said. But then you're up against Kyrgios and and Kokonakis and you're thinking, holy shit, these boys... This is like a bullet train that got off the tracks, you know? I mean, Kyrgios, from what I can tell, from what I can tell, doubles players are worse than singles players. Now, I don't know anything about tennis. I own three polos, so I don't know how much that counts for, but it just seems that way. So, Kyrios and Kokonakis, it appears they entered the doubles as a joke. Now, that that might not be the case. They might have been taking it seriously. I'm just going off their general behavior and attitude and some of the things they said earlier in the tournament when they said, we just entered this as a joke. So again, that could be, you know, subtle tennis lingo. I'm not familiar with some of the uh, more racy terms of the sport, but that's just what I was inferring from what they said. But if you're telling me these boys can enter as a joke, and, you know, we don't know what Kyrgios has been doing the night before, because I follow Nick on the gram. I'm one, of the, I'm one of the privileged citizens of the world who gets to follow this man on social media. I highly recommend it. And, you know, he's out, he's out and about with the misses on his off days. He was in helicopters, freaking at wineries and stuff. He wasn't, exa- he wasn't in the ice bath. I didn't see a lot of ice bath action from Kyrgios. And then, you know, he's just turning up and just bullying these doubles guys with his first serve. And it just seems like people who play doubles, you know, for real, it seems like, you know, they weren't good enough at singles. So it's like, I'm not good enough, but maybe if I get another guy who's not quite good enough and we play together, we could create one, you know, professional tennis player. That seems to be the vibe of the double circuit. But once again, I'm a casual and I'm just doing my best. But fair play to Pattinson and Wills. They had to play in Australia in the grand final. Everyone wanted them to lose. Uh, Make no mistake about that. And they did. You know, another doubles team just crumbled in front of the lads. Uh, You know, I love doubles tennis. I think they should just let the dogs out and just say, look, this whole thing about, you know, no talking when they're serving, I'm in for that. Okay, but apart from when they're serving and you know when they're playing a little bit, but in between points, I think it should just be come to the doubles, we'll treat it like the darts, dress up as SpongeBob SquarePants and have 64 pints on a Wednesday night in January and just go absolutely nuts. And if I'm a doubles tennis player, I'm backing this idea because I don't know if you've watched much doubles tennis, but if you do on the telly, You'll notice that nobody, not many people are watching it on the telly. And then if you look in the telly, okay, so you're in your lounge room watching the telly, but look into the telly. There's no one in the telly watching it either in real life. So if I'm a doubles player, I'm thinking, look, do I want to play in front of my fucking nan and her new boyfriend for the next five years? You know, he's not, I'm not calling him step-grandpa. I don't like him. His name's Dylan and he creeps me out. Why are you 53 dating my 83-year-old nan, dude? You're blatantly making a play for the will. Blatantly. I don't care how many of my doubles games you turn up to, mate. You're not getting in. But now, if I'm a doubles guy, I'm thinking, fucking let the dogs out. I mean, really, you don't need to focus anyway. Who cares if everyone's yelling in doubles? If you miss the ball, the bloke behind you will hit it. And vice versa. So let's just turn doubles tennis into darts and get some absolute pelicans like me in the stands. Who wouldn't know, you know, a set from a volley from a freaking, you know, overhand who gives a fuck. It's all good stuff, dude. It's all good stuff. It's entertaining. But, uh, but yeah, and then we had, oh, the Barty party. The Bart oh, Ash Barty. I got to say, I'll put my hand up. I didn't see a single point of Ash Barty nor the doubles final. I was out and about um, as the following yarn will reveal, but here's the thing about the body party. I got it when she won it was it was pretty it was pretty iconic. I just can't I can't even really spin it in like a hilarious way because it was just like, this is sensational. Uh, but it's interesting the body party she's very reserved, ash, very reserved, and it's like. It seems like, you you know, you can either have one or the other. That's why Shane Warne is literally like a living legend. Because traditionally, you can either have Ash Barty, reserved, fantastic champion, didn't drop a set the whole tournament, clinical, like a surgeon, okay? In and out, there to, there to do work, okay? Clocking in like it's a fucking nine to five at the Australian Open, you know what I mean? Clinical like someone who's been working at Macca's for 20 years and they get an order for a small cheeseburger meal. You think they're not going to freaking smash that out of the park? You're out of your fucking mind, dude. So that's what you got there, the champ. Or you can have Kyrgios, the absolute hooligan who will not make it past the third round. But the carry-on and the arrogance and the post-match interviews almost make up for it. And that's why Shane Warne is a legitimate living legend because he's one of the few people who've been able to do both. Every time Warne did something fucking weird off the field and you think that's it. He'd come, he'd, he bowling was just so good. So unbelievable. And that's why he's one of the most special men to ever walk the earth. But I, we, I'd like to highlight this. We had a Dude, we had former Australian Idol host James Matheson tweeting during the Australian Open Grand Final. It was a hot news story. And uh, I don't have Twitter uh, because I didn't like it, to be honest. I didn't enjoy it on there. The thing with Twitter is it's very aggressive. It's like 10% bands, 90% aggressive political chat. And... That's not really the ratio I'm vibing with, babe. So, had to get off Twitter. And also, I just had, like, social media, when we learn... I hate on Twitter, it's like it's like being active on Twitter is posting, like, 17 times a day. Just fucking random thoughts. It's like, I don't know what these people are doing during the day. I'm out there. I'm out there in the mix, you know what I mean? High-fiving Telegraph poles, dude. Keeping an eye on things. Making sure the suburb has power. So Twitter was too much. But here's the thing. So James Matheson tweets out and you're thinking, oh, sweet, he must be coming back to host Australian Idol because that's the only reason I'd want to hear from James Matheson. (laughs) Is he reuniting with Osher Gunsberg? Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. I was going to say Andy G and then I remembered he changed his name to I think he changed his name to Andrew Gunsberg and then he changed it to Osher. Look, whatever, dude. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about that. Um, That's fine. I'm happy to call him Osher. But at the same time, know that after you leave Osher, I'm probably going to talk a little bit of shit about you to to the people remaining. RA your your several name changes. So James Matheson has tweeted out about the Australian Open. Um, He said, he said, this is the problem with Australia because Ash Barty had a Corona on camera and offered one to the commentators. And he said, this is just the the glorification and the lionization of alcohol in Australia. We can't even celebrate a win without a beer. Now, <clears throat> make no mistake. The people of Twitter have already dealt with this. He was handily, you know, sort of just told to just hit the bricks, basically piss off James, piss off. Where What's that energy? And you just think with this sort of stuff, the glorification of alcohol. If any time a sporting team has a win and has a beer on camera, if that's glorifying alcohol, then then yeah, that's that's what we're doing, okay? Maybe if you if there, if Ashbuddy goes Instagram live after fourteen schooners and she's absolutely out of her mind. And she's saying, to any kids out there who are aged 10 and under, if you want to be like me, you should drink 50 million beers a day. <laughs> Maybe that would be glorifying it. But if Ash Barty wants to have a cold one after uh, after a win, after she can't celebrate a win. It wasn't a fucking win, mate. She was the first person in 44 years to win the Australian Open. It's an iconic Australian moment. And it's like, <clears throat> some of these people are just whinges. It's like... If, she, if it wasn't the beer, he would have been tweeting about, just noticed that um, Ash Barty is sponsored by Adidas and uh, they're actually one of the worst fast fashion companies in the world. They do not recycle. And it's like, God, oh, dude, sport isn't for you. If you cannot enjoy an Australian winning the Australian Open, you will never enjoy sport. Turn off the television and get back onto fucking ABC News because it's not for you, mate. Alright, it's the Barty party. I last time I checked, and I'll put my hand up, I'm not the best reader in town. But last time I checked, it wasn't the fucking Matheson party, dude. Pull your head in, okay? Jesus Christ, can we not enjoy just one thing? You know? It wasn't like someone came on came on stage and was like, Ash, drink a beer for the nation, you freaking you wild bitch. Woo! You know what I mean? She frickin' had one beer on camera, and it was, it was great. And she said she wouldn't have a beer until after the tournament when she won. God. I love it. And it just goes to show with some of these pelicans, right? Ash Barty winning the Australian Open. You got one of the most... It's an Australian iconic moment. We got a, a, an Indigenous woman doing it. I mean, you think no one could possibly have an issue with this. In comes bloody, you know, James Pattinson or whatever. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. And like I said, this bloke was handled on Twitter, so I don't feel like I'm sort of covering any new ground here. But make no mistake, that is just... It's not disgraceful behavior, it's just nerdy. It's just such a nerdy thing to do. Mm, mm, the, the, The glorification of alcohol in this country is out of control. It's like, dude, keep it to yourself, you know what I mean? having a fucking beer (laughs) all right what are we doing here 15 minutes in so okay first yarn of the uh podcast so here's the deal saturday night firstly before i jump into this i'd like to publicly apologize for some of my instagram stories you know there wasn't anything particularly wrong with them but jesus christ i was carrying on I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm. I used to be such a pelican on Instagram stories when I was hammered, like you know, just talk, like doing videos, talking to the camera, and this sort of stuff. And then the next day, you're like slurring. It's like so embarrassing. But uh, I'm pretty good these days. I'm pretty. When I was like 22, 23, my Instagram stories were so embarrassing when I was on the piss. But, but now I'm pretty good. Like I, I reckon I'm down to like one every three months. You know, usually you don't hear from me from about 2 p.m. Saturday till about 2 p.m. Sunday on Instagram stories. And that is by design, okay, because I'm getting into my work, all right, and I shouldn't be on the social at that stage. But, dude, once every three months, that freaking camera starts talking to me and, I, you know, and then you're, you're freaking... Oh, it's the worst. So anyway, a few uh, Instagram stories uh, that were not too bad, really. Could have been a lot worse. Um, But anyway, so Saturday night, the reason I did not see a point of the tennis was because I was on the Mug Off live episode. Now, if you don't know the Mug Off, uh, it's a fantastic podcast, uh, Australian comedy podcast. Um, It's fucking awesome. I can't speak highly enough of this podcast. It is so funny and... I've been on there twice, three times now, if you count this live episode. And uh, go check them out. They're like, they're funny in a way like that this podcast is not like that at all. So, go check it out. It's freaking, they just say some wild shit on there. And every episode, a guest comes on with a story about getting mugged off. And all the guests are, you know, just comedians, like comedians from Australia. So, highly recommend. So, they had a live episode. Um, it was absolutely hilarious. I got the call up to be the live guest and I was under the impression I was the only guest. So it would be me on stage for the hour. So, uh, you know, Saturday afternoon, I'm a picture of discipline. I got my story worked out. I I've fleshed out this freaking five minute yarn into like a 20 minute yarn. Um, got a whole, th- like had two beers at home. No Buffalo Bill shit. I get on the bus. I'm focused. I'm ready to go. Okay, I get there, one of the lads, uh, <laughs> Jared McGowan, one of the hosts of the Mug-Off, he's dressed as the Joker, and not like, um, not the freaking, <laughs> not the Heath Ledger Joker, the, uh, what's that guy's name? The Joker from like the Joker movie, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's got the full-blown face paint and everything, it's so funny. Anyway, so I get there, my friend Rowan Arneal um is there he's on he's Rowan's been on this podcast great comedian he opens for me sometimes and so he's there and I go mate what fuck how good's this I said mate you keen to get on the source night like let's absolutely go nuts and he goes mate I'm already drunk and on mushrooms and I'm, I'm thinking well mate it's not a competition you know what I mean okay we've all we've all been we've all done mushrooms and had beers before okay so one time I did heroin in Switzerland does that make me cooler than you if it was true. <laughs> so Rowan's fucking come out the gates a little bit early. <clears throat> then I get, I get the, the nod that I am in fact actually one of five guests and I'm only on stage for about 15 minutes. So now I'm thinking, fuck, I've made a mountain out of a molehill here. Massive miscommunication. So they go, they go you're the first guest. And I say, no, no, no. I think you'll see on the run sheet, Rowan is the first guest. So, I'm thinking, Rowan is about to go on here for 15 minutes, tell a story on mushrooms. I mean, this kid, this kid's got a pep in his step, you know what I mean? Like, his shoulder blades are so far back, they're grinding together. So, they go, no, no, Rowan's not, not a guest. He's just coming up for two minutes to do something and then you're the first guest. I go, well, what the fuck's Rowan doing? And then I, so this is what I'll tell you. So, these guys are so funny. They made $1,500 on the door after they, you know, paid for the venue and the freaking paid everyone, blah, blah, blah. So, the money for the mug off host left left over was $1,500. What they did at the start of the live episode was put Rowan in an Uber with the $1,500. They sent him straight to the casino to put the whole thing on black on roulette. (laughs) that's how they started the episode they sent this kid on mushrooms to the casino with 1500 sheets they told him to film the whole thing it is highly illegal to film in casinos but rowan just had it i hope i'm not freaking you know i hope no one who works at the the freaking cass is listening to this son of a bitch but he just had the phone camera coming out the top of his shirt so rowan goes off and does that i go on stage i tell a bit of a, a yarn-a-roo, a a mug off yarn. I was thinking I'd just retell it on this podcast. Um, it's only a short one, and I've, I've probably told it uh, maybe on the earlier podcasts, like maybe episode 12 or something. I don't know. I've no idea if I've told this before, but here we go. It's only a short one. I think it's quite funny. So, my mug-off yarn that I brought this time. And the good thing about me is... Um, as far as the mug off is, dude, I get mugged off on my way to take a piss at 3am in the morning. You know what I mean? So I got plenty of freaking content for these lads. Anyway, so my mug off story was I was in Hollywood Boulevard, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I don't know if they're the same street, but I was in Hollywood at the Walk of Fame, checking out the stars on the ground and, you know, some of the beautiful celeb names and I'm over there. I'm doing some open mics. I'm seeing comedy shows at night, you know, partying it up, having a great time. And so I'm on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and this this black guy comes up and he goes, dude, I'm a rapper. Um, like, I would love to give you a copy of my mixtape. And uh, he goes, I'm out here, like, trying to make it. And I was like, dude. And I was kind of like on that LA energy because I was like, yeah, dude, I'm fucking out here trying to make it too. <laughs> like, so... And I was about, i got to say, this story is embarrassing, but I'm not as young as you would think. I'm like, I think this is 2017, so that makes me 22, 23. So, yeah, I'm about 22, 23. I think I'm 22. And so I'm 22, and this guy's like, I'm a rapper. And then I go, mate, I'd love to take a copy of your mixtape. Good on you. He goes, um he goes, yeah, I'm actually Kanye West's cousin, but I want to do it by myself. Like, I don't want his help and I go dude I totally respect that. And at this point for context I am believing this guy. So he goes I'm Kanye West cuz he goes you know the life of Pablo? And I didn't. I don't I'm not really into Kanye West. I don't know um his albums. So I said I said yeah 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 cuz like I just want to seem cool. He goes I'm Pablo. My name's Pablo. You know, me and Kanye are like best mates but I don't want to use his clout. I want to get it on my own this point, I'm thinking, this guy, this is like a fucking eight-mile movie out here. This is crazy. I said, mate, I'd love to take a copy of your mixtape. And he goes, if you have any spare, you know, like a couple of bucks, I'd really appreciate it as a donation. I go, yeah, 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 no worries, mate. So I give him a fiver and he sees that I've got like got like sort of a hundred US in my wallet just quietly, hey? There's a big swinging dick in town from Sydney. Heavy Pockets Darcy is in town. I think I'd just been to the ATM, and so he goes, he goes, "Oh, dude, you got a, you got heavy pockets or whatever." He goes, "Chuck me a little more. You can spare it. You're on holiday." I go, "All right." So at this point, I'm just eating this guy's story up. So I give him a twenty. So I've just paid twenty five dollars for this mixtape, US as well. So convert that in your own time. But then another another rapper comes over, and he's like, he's seen that I'm handing out twenties. And he's like, "Dude, I'm a rapper too." I go, oh, "I go, man, yeah, appreciate the grind." I go, "Yeah, I'll grab one, dude," and I give him a freaking tenner. And uh, he's like, "Oh, come on, dude! I saw you just give the last guy twenty five. You're gonna do me on a tenner?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, I go, here's a fiver." And at this point, I'm like, "Fuck, this is now I'm forty bucks in on two mixtapes," and then a third guy comes in, and he also is selling mixtapes. I mean, at this point, they've just seen. You know, they see my beautiful Irish skin. They lit, like, I legitimately think this guy is Kanye West's cousin. So they've just seen, I mean, thank God these men only took what they did from me because they could have just, they could have told me there was like a secret rap show around the back and I probably would have gone to watch it. You know what I mean? They could have just beat the shit out of me and taken everything. Um, but anyway, so this third guy comes up with a mixtape. And at this point, he's like, dude, like, see so you're buying these mixtapes? Like, I'm working just as hard as these guys. Like, please, man. It would mean the world to me. I go, fuck, all right. So I give him, I only have a 20 left. So I give him a 20. Now I'm freaking 60 bucks in on these mixtapes. Um, and I'm thinking, fucking hell. Like, I just, the situation just progressed so quickly. By the end, I was like, my wallet was empty. I'm holding three CDs. And these three black guys have just disappeared. And I was like, fuck, I've been, to be honest, if I'm being 100% honest, at this point, I still did not think I was being swindled. My mate Joe, who I was with, was laughing at me, but he was just laughing at me, spending the money. We didn't know if the mixtapes were real or not. Needless to say, when we returned to the hostel, um, it was three blank CDs. So I was absolutely mugged into next week. And uh, yeah, so that's that. (laughs) So I told that story, riff it up a little bit with the lads. I will say live podcast can be a little bit tricky because you like, it's supposed to just be a podcast, but there's freaking 120 people there and they want to laugh and you want to make them laugh. So it's kind of like a bit like you just, you really want to hit some punchlines, you know? So, but it was really fun. So I do my bit and then I just get to watch the rest of the show. free beers. Thanking you. And uh, so I'm just getting sourced up. Uh, they Rowan comes back. He's got the video of him putting the whole thing on black. They lose it all, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's how they end the show. They lost the whole profit for the show. They made $0. And they sold out like 120 tickets. $0 made. Absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, afterwards, hanging out and... Um, it was so cool because I've been on this podcast a couple of times. This is quite a big podcast as well. I'm hanging out with Rowan, who's also been on the pod a couple of times. And people are coming up to us like they're bloody Get Around Me listeners. It's great. You know, they're going, mate, how you going, lads? People are buying us cocktails left and right. That's how I got so fucked up. On, um, it, I didn't pay for a thing. And I'm drinking margaritas, espresso martinis. Did it, we're Doing shots with a couple of people. Oh, just living La Vida Loca, dude. It was so good. The Batuta Advocate guys were there. They, like, produced the podcast. One of them came up to me, uh, chatted to me for a couple of, uh, couple of minutes. It was pretty cool. He's a nice guy. He was absolutely fucking leveled, which I appreciated. The Batuta guys can sink piss. I'll say that. Um, but I didn't meet one of them and only met the other one for a couple of minutes, but they seem like legends. Um, plus, they're producing that podcast, so that, that gives them a, a good name in my books. But, yeah, absolute... Uh, fucking barn burner of a night and then we freaking we get outside Rowan blacks out in the Uber and the Uber driver's done this thing where he's pulled over and like he's like get him out he's gonna vomit he's gonna vomit and I'm like he's fine Jesus you can't freaking black out at an Uber anymore I mean come on what year is this you know like and uh, so and Rowan's just asleep like asleep the whole time Um, And so that's that freaking, to be honest, I didn't get Rowan home. I got out before him and just sort of wished him luck. So I don't think we've had any comms since. So Rowan could still be passed out in that Uber riding around town. Um, But just an absolute barn burner of a night. It was so fun, dude. (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, so Sunday, me and Maca head out. Uh, So Macca is always talking about this random tobacconist he goes to on like the other side of Sydney um, to get like, you know, papers for smoking weed and, you know, like all the raw stuff. So we go out there, we were going, we, Pat Doherty, enemy of the pod, snake, uh, local, you know, local slippery soldier, a snake dipped in oil, you know, selling freaking black market toys to orphans. This guy makes me sick, dude. But Pat Doherty, talented man, he had an art exhibition uh, last week and me and Macca were so hungover after Australia Day that we didn't go. which is pretty poor from us. So we said, we'll go check it out on the weekend. So we drove out there, check out Pat's art. It's actually pretty fucking good, uh, to be fair to the man. So we check out some of Pat's art and it happens to be near this tobacconist that Macca goes to and I've never been there. So we go to this tobacconist and it's got a... Back in 10 minutes sign. So I go, man, I'm gonna go take a piss. Uh, you know, at the shopping center across the road. Back in a second. So anyway, I go do that. I come back. Maca's in there with this like I wanna say he was like 40, but he was like kind of bald, very well put together. I don't he was kind of like Persian, I wanna say. Man, charismatic as fuck, this guy. So friendly. And I get in there, and he's, like, holding some massive bong showing Macca. Macca's like, yep, yep, looks good, mate, looks good. I go, what the fuck is going on here? So then we start chatting to this bloke, and uh, this guy's such a legend. And we only came in for papers, but this guy, uh, once he he got wind, you know, we were sort of smoking it up, Um, you know, the secret cabinet opens. And once you get this secret cabinet open in these tobacconists, I mean, it's just... This is where, this is the real stuff. I mean, how these guys don't get pinned for this stuff is beyond me because everyone knows this stuff is, you know, it's going on. But, uh, dude, I tell you what, man, this guy was showing us all sorts of, like, wild shit that, like, <laughs> you would only need if you were, like, a Seth Rogen, like, millionaire stoner type. He was, like, this, this, like, tiny, like, water bong thing is for more, like, if it's, like, a Wednesday morning and you're about to go for a walk and it's, like, It's like, but he's like, but if you're more in this sort of a mood, then you can hit this thing. And he's like, he's showing us like, he's like electric grinders and stuff. He's like, he's like, dude, this one grinds up your weed and does your dishes for you at the same time. And it's like, whoa, 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 brother, I'm just here for papers. You know what I mean? Like, fuck me. I'm not Snoop Dogg. All right. (laughs) But I tell you what, it was, this guy was so cool and so friendly. Sold us like these crazy blunt papers and this new grinder and fucking it was all going off and like this guy was so cool because every customer that came in he wasn't like hi how can i help he was like gary how you living brother good to see you he goes normal smokes and then he would just send them sell them the smokes give them a high five and and then come back we would chat to this bloke for about 45 minutes such a friendly guy isn't it how fucking great is it when someone who works like what you would describe as you know like a not a not freaking great job working at a a TSG selling vapes to 16 year olds and freaking crunchy bars but he's just hitting it with so much energy and he you could tell he really loves this stuff so he's like showing us like what freaking tobacco to put in a blunt and like showing us all these crazy bongs and stuff and it was just like fucking oath. and then um he was showing us like these coke cans that like if you pick them up, they're like heavy, like a Coke can. It feels normal. But then it's got like a secret compartment for drugs. i tell you what, it felt like he was trying to upsell us. But when we were like, no, sorry, I don't want a six foot high bong made out of resin from the Bangalore rainforest. Um, he was like, yeah, no worries. You're more of a, you're more of a joint man. Come over here. Like it was like, he was just genuinely excited to talk about this stuff. Like what a legend, what a great guy. And, uh, Dude, so good. But these tobacconists with their secret cabinets, I mean, it's like they're drug dealers almost. It's like, I'll give you everything you need to do drugs except the drug itself. But uh, my plan is to become friends with this bloke to the point where we can just go, dude, like you, uh, like this guy was talking about weed like it was fucking wheat bix Like he knew everything about it. So I assume this guy deals weed and that if he does, this stuff will send you to the moon. So... I don't know. I'll keep you updated on that. But this guy, what a trip to the tobacconist. I don't know if that was really worth telling. But I'm telling you, this guy was just such a wild character. And uh, it it felt like you were in freaking Amsterdam. (laughs) And we were in like the eastern suburbs (laughs) of Sydney. It was fucking awesome, dude. So, great guy. Great guy. Okay, so home straight here. This one dragged a bit. I'll probably cut that tobacconist thing. I thought that was hilarious for some reason. Anyway, so a couple of new segments uh, from last week that we're continuing with. Uh, So firstly, we got big players taking big swings. And I want to clarify this segment. It doesn't necessarily have to be someone taking a big swing and it going well. Okay. It's about the swing. Results may vary. Okay. Big players take big swings and that's the point. It do- you don't know if it's going to go well. That's why it's a fucking lifestyle, babe. So, first big player taking a big swing. Uh, the man himself, Maka, 73-time Pelican of the Week. Maka on the weekend at a pub. And uh, this is just unbelievable. So, you know, sometimes, like, you'll tell girls that you might have a more impressive job than you do have. I personally tell girls I'm a strata manager. Okay. Um, now, that's not true. I'm an admin assistant. But see how I've just sort of jazzed that up a bit. Now, Maka is an artist. We know that. His artworks are beautiful. He painted this Liam Gallagher. He painted this sign. He painted me having a beer with Ang and Goku. It's all good stuff, okay? Maka on the weekend, told a girl he was an artist, which is fine, slash fireman, Slash lifeguard. Now, that has got to be one of the more greedy things we've seen in a beer garden uh, since I saw a bloke try and carry six schooners the week before. I mean, seriously, where does this guy get off? If you were to tell a girl, I'm a fireman slash artist, that's already a bit beyond the pale. You know what I mean? Do you also fucking save orphans from trees in your spare time? You know what I mean? But to then go... I'm a fireman slash artist and get this into your, Kate. I'm also a part-time lifeguard. I mean, if you were to date me, when would I have the time to hang? I mean, I'm too busy freaking saving the world. One artwork and freaking burning building at a time. I mean, this is ridiculous. And to say you're a fireman slash lifeguard, I mean, you're taking out people. you got, you got water and fire that you're just, you take, you're taking down two elements at this point. You know what I mean? It's just, this is going to be one of the most greedy things Maka has ever done when talking to a girl. Uh, we did, years ago, we used to tell girls we were dolphin trainers from the Gold Coast, which, you know, varying results there. But my God, Maka, this is a big player taking a big swing. And the thing was, he was telling me, this is so funny. He was telling me, he's telling me the girl he was talking to was actually really fucking cool. And then he got to the point where he was like, fuck, I'm probably going to see this girl again. He's like, shit, I'm going to have to come clean about the fireman lifeguard thing. (laughs) When do you pull that up? Do you pull it up at the first date? Do you say, listen, Kate, loved, loved hanging with you the other night. Loved it. Wow, we were vibing. You are hilarious. Slight detail, babe. I am not a fireman. She goes, oh, that's okay. So you're a lifeguard slash artist. Let me stop you right there. You're just a lifeguard. Again, we're going to have to put my hand up. I'm an I'm an artist in my spare time. I'm an artist. That's true. Uh, but I also do have a day job. So I don't know. If it was me, I'd probably just hold on to that shit till we're married and then say, look, you're stuck here now. My hand's up. I'm an admin assistant. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> But great big swing from Macca. love that from him. Now, this next one's a send-in. I was going to read people's names for the send-ins, but I realized it's kind of not conducive to people, um, you know, telling embarrassing stories and ripping on their mates. So, next two are send-ins. Firstly, I got this one. A bloke, when he goes up to girls, uh, as a pickup line, just shows them his negative STD test. And the bloke is sending in said, it gets way more laughs than it does numbers. And I would think that's the case. That's got to be... I mean, it's definitely grubby, you know. Personally, if you show me a negative STD test, I don't care. I'm checking the date on that thing and I'm testing you again, babe, okay? And I'm testing you for all sorts of stuff. I mean, test them for rabies while we're here. I mean, who is this animal? You know what I mean? But, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big swing. At, at one point, I see where you're coming from because, you know, you show the negative test. That's implying, hey, I've had sex previously which is pretty impressive, you know what I mean? I would love a note from my doctor that said, Billy has previously kissed a girl on the lips, you know? Just so you can say, look, this is this is verified information, you know? Sort of, it's quite impressive. You wouldn't have to go in on that whole fireman lifeguard yarn. But yeah, I would say overall, it's a big swing, but i got to say, that's that's one of those big swings where you go, this is purely for my friend's enjoyment, and I have no intention of actually, I don't think this is actually going to work and nor does it. So it's a good sending. I do appreciate that though because sometimes you just got to do stuff for the lads. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to go over and just think fuck it, this isn't going to go well, but this this one's for the boys. Raise the morale of the group, you know what I mean? And then we got another one here, big player taking a big swing. Someone messaged me this and I got to say this was pretty funny. The bloke on TikTok who went up to Andrew Johns and, and asked for a photo and then said, How good's this? I'm getting a photo with Anthony Minocello. <laughs> and Andrew Johns goes, Oh, fuck off, you fucking Derek. And he goes, Mate, if you're going to carry on, I'm not going to take the photo. And when I first saw this, I thought, I thought, yeah, fuck this guy. That's Andrew Johns. He's a genuine immortal. You know what I mean? You don't go up to an immortal at the pub. Keep in mind, he's at the pub enjoying some bloody scooters and you're hassling him and then you've, you've fucking given him the old up and under. This, you know, you've swindled him. The rug he was once standing on, if he were to look down, it's no longer there. Then I watched it again I thought, dude, this is fucking hilarious. This is so good. So i got to say, that's a big swing. You know, Andrew Johns, he could have bloody taken a big swing at you just quietly. But that is hilarious. So, I, And I think Andrew Johns was within his rights to react that way. But I think the bloke who did it, credit to him, that is hilarious. And that could have gone awry. You know, Johnsy's got a fucking schooner in his in his hand, could have easily broken that over your head, then just taken the phone and deleted the video. You know what I mean? I, and you know, we don't know what sort of a state he was in. Not that Andrew Johns would do that to a patron who asked for a photo, but I'm just saying it's within the realm of possibility. So great, great big swings there. Great big swings. Anyway, so yeah, keep sending those in. They're fucking hilarious, dude. Um so next up. Next new segment for 2022, and yeah, we going on the time, fun fears. You know what I mean? We got some fears, but they're fun. Because I, I got like so many everyday anxieties that just are so dumb, but like they're just kind of entrenched in me now, and I realize it's just sort of dumb. So firstly, we've got first send in, this bloke sent in a fun fear, grocery shopping. This bloke just hates grocery shopping. And the social anxiety that comes with it. I gotta say, I'll jump in on this. Dude, when you go to Woolies and you don't know what you're looking for, I'm just thinking, I will eat uncooked rice at this point. I fucking hate this. (laughs) I'll eat like, I'll eat like freaking salt and vinegar chips for dinner if it will avoid me going to the shops. Something about the shops is just like fucking, it's just such a thing. You know what I mean? You go to freaking pick up a few carrots, some old bloke touches your hand, you're going, this never would have happened at home. You know, this never would have happened at home. And then you're freaking walking around. Rory Scovel has that great joke about the shops where he goes, he goes, you look into the aisle and you look if the food you're looking for might be related to the foods in that aisle. And he goes, I'm after freaking, I'm after jam. And this aisle's pasta and rice. And he goes... I can't see pasta and rice being next to jam, you know, and it's a, bit, it's a bit like that. It's fucking hilarious, dude, but I freaking hate the shops, and also, the other thing is the shops, you freaking, you know, you're going away, I'm just here for, I'm just here for some fucking kiwi fruit, I don't have a worry in the world, I think it's just round this corner, bam, freaking weird guy from high school who you played one soccer game with, and he still messages you about it. And now it's freaking, oh, Bill, Jesus Christ, what about this COVID thing? Not too good, is it? Oh, I don't know about it, mate. I'm vaccinated, but... but. And now, guess what, brother? You're on the Joe Rogan experience in the fucking fresh food section, you know? So, yeah, dude, totally agree. And then <clears throat> the second fun fear is another send-in. This would be great. Oh, I got some great send-ins this week. Keep sending them in because it's kind of like... Less work for me, to be honest. But this is a good one. Um, so this is a good send in. People on Facebook who, when you click on their profile picture, they have like four different banners in a row for like four different causes. You know, it's like it's always they're always like sixty-three, and then it's like you know, you know, it's like reopen the dog park. You know, I freaking I stand with Carl Stefanovic. You know, next one's National Donut Day and it's like is there not a cause you won't just jump on? You know? Is there anything you don't just freaking immediately, oh, got to jump on this? National Donut Day couldn't possibly go past this. You know what I mean? And it's like, guarantee those people if we get freaking taken over taken over by the freaking the Nazis, let's say the Nazis come back, they'll have the freaking the I Stand With Hitler Facebook banner. I mean, these people are just mindless bandwagoners jumping on whatever's trendy. I mean, it's fucking bizarre. You know when you see people, you click on them. It's usually somebody who's commented on one of my stand-up videos being like, fucking kill yourself. And then I click on their profile and it's like four, five of the same photo but with different banners. I'm telling you, dude, it's freaking... And you could just tell the whole year, every single cause that's come through, they've just put up the banner. Yeah, yeah, I'm in on that. And it's like, Jesus, you're just a freaking... You're just an empty clone walking around in in freaking general pants attire, nodding to the beat of society, you freaking drone. I mean, these people freak me the fuck out, dude. People have, Some people have more than four. You know what I mean? It's like... What is going on? These people scare the shit out of me, dude, to be honest. What are they capable of? Because they're just you could just tell they've never had an original thought in their mind. They're just bloody going with the flow. And if it's freaking and and I would say there's a direct correlation between number of Facebook banners on one profile picture and people who panic bought toilet paper. Make no mistake. The same people who were putting up a banner saying you know, uh, free free transgender refugees in Somalia, they're the same people going, going down and getting 48 rolls of toilet paper even though they live alone, okay? I'm telling you, dude, it's freaking wild out here with these banners. Do not trust people with more than one banner. You will regret it, okay? <laughs> that was a bit dark and ominous. <laughs> oh, dude. All right, cool. That is the podcast for this week uh yeah so i was on the mug off live episode i don't know if that's released yet and i was on i was just on uh the good stuff with tom cashman and sam taunton so i think that should come out next week uh that's a good podcast as well so check those out quite cool and uh and yeah dude thanks for listening